Guys, open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5.18. That's where we're going to be. I'm going to pray for us. We're talking about community. Lord Jesus, uh, we give you thanks and praise. You are good, gracious God, worthy of all praise. Lord, as we do life together, that we might grow in love and affection, uh, in knowledge and in wisdom. Lord, that we might sow into each other as iron sharpens iron, that we might encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Lord, that we do community, that we might run better and run faster together to you. Amen. Um, for those of you who take notes or have a pen, I want you to write down this question and, and just think about it for the week. Um, when were you most excited or felt the deepest connection with this church? What were the things that were happening in your life and the life of the church? I want you to think on the moment when you walked into this church and you sat in that pew and you said to yourself, I freaking love this place. We've all had that moment. Kieran Lee and I, have, we've talked about that moment, haven't we, this week, where, where you came into this building and you loved it. It was a Sunday in 2014. Benno's was leading worship. The church faced that away. And it was a full house. There was a thriving children's ministry out the back that my kids were a small part of. And we had just finished a really rugged, nasty season of church planning at the end of the year in 2014. We just needed a rest. And you know that feeling of shalom, that feeling of peace. Um where you walk into a place and you feel that, that real physical sense of rejuvenation. And sitting there, Ben hadn't quite engaged in his singing lessons yet, so not quite as good as Lee used to be. But gosh, it was passionate. And we went, like, I, I came from a fairly conservative Anglican background way back in the day. And we went into this thing called spontaneous worship. I was like, are we Bethel right now? What's going on here? This is profound. And then afterwards, we went to a barbecue together, and it was just a whole bunch of young families with young kids and my kids, and it just felt easy, right? Like Sundays felt really easy. The worship was good. The children's ministry was good. Had this incredible barbecue with friends. I honestly don't have a clue what was preached that Sunday. I don't know the sermon title. I don't know the passage we were in. I don't know who prayed. I don't know who led communion. But I walked out of that church and I said, here is a, here is a mission-minded church supporting pastors in Africa with a vibrant children's ministry and people that I could sow into. And then you walk into church Maybe even today. And it's a little bit harder. 
and it's a little bit more frustrating and it's a little bit more exhausting and those same faces aren't here. And you can feel blue about that. You walk in here and you sit down and you go, gosh, I feel very, very young or very, very old. And I wish that there was something like it was in the past. The thing is, is that time, I'm going to rock your world, is linear. We don't have DeLoreans and we can't go back as much as we want to because I would counsel myself on a lot of terrible decisions, including I should have bought Bitcoin in 2008 when it was recommended to me. We can't return to the old because time moves forward. So how do we reconcile to a new tomorrow? This passage, I'm going to read from verse 18. All this is from God who reconciled himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Reconciliation is never about a return to a historic moment. I can never go back in time to 2014 and the first time I had that experience at this church. I can't. Reconciliation, as part of it, looks at the positive things of the past and says, how do we sow that into a preferred future for tomorrow? Because it realizes that time moves forward and we cannot go back to the way things were. God does not reconcile you back to the Garden of Eden. He reconciles you into a relationship with God today so that you might dwell in the city of Zion tomorrow. Right? What Phil was talking about, when we prayed that prayer, someone didn't just boop, fig leaves on. That didn't happen, did it? No, well, no, one here, no one here was like, gosh, I'm in fig leaves and I'm back in the Garden of Eden because we can't reconcile back to history. We have to reconcile to a preferred tomorrow. And one of the challenges is, is that we get hung up on the history Today, at 12, I'm going to be late to my own barbecue, I've got one of my very first Bible study leaders coming over. 2003, I called Christchurch St. Ives and I said, I know I can't have your A team. And you're probably not willing to share your B team. But could I have your C team? And they were like, oh yeah, sure, here's a whole list of names. And let me tell you, they were my A plus team at my church. It was at uh, Macquarie Chapel Eastwood, which is a Presbyterian church pretending to be a Baptist church. Um, And Jess came. She came with another lass, Nikki. 
to serve with me. And at that stage, if you know, Beth was also one of my leaders who was at that church. And they were profoundly influential in creating an incredible youth ministry. And I'm having them over today. I remember when she started dating Jono. I remember when Jono had hair. I remember when we were all 15 kilos lighter than we are today. I love that moment in time. I used to work in an asbestos shed that didn't have air conditioning. And my senior pastor came in one day and I was sitting there in my board shorts with another buddy of mine with no shirt on, sweat dripping off us, and we were misting ourselves with water bottles. He literally walked into that church, took two, like a look at us. He says, we're going to get an air conditioner right now. Get in the car. I remember that. And I would love to be back there in 2003, planting a youth group in a new church for the first time. But guess what? I'm 42. And I spoke at youth group four months ago, and I was like, I'm too old for this. I could be all their dads. You know, like, I'm like, this is not my window. I don't have the energy of these guys. So bless them, empower them, get after them. This is your season for that. I just can't do it. I want to parent well. I remember, I remember the first experience I had with God. The prayer that you prayed. I remember sitting under a tree in year nine, covered in cow pat poo, and having how good and pleasant is it when brothers and sisters meet together in unity. Psalm 133 spoken to me. And I knew in that moment I need to follow Jesus. I remember in 97, driving two days up to the Whit Sundays with our year 12 group to go on Christian schoolies. Um, a lot of the making out was done in secret when the leaders had gone to sleep. Didn't involve me. <laughs> but I remember sitting on a beach on the Whitsunday Islands with my Bible study group and going, gosh, this is good. We're reading passages together and we were encouraging one another and we jump on the wet jet ski and go out and we play some beach volleyball. And I go, gosh, I wish I was back there but I no longer have a six-pack and fit into a size 32 pants. I can't roll back time. I remember seeing Carly for the first time at Big Day Out in 2000. I posted this two days ago for Australia Day. Gorgeous brunette who does not once remember that encounter at Big Day Out. I remember saying to Lucienne, the friend that she was with, who's that babe? She was like, you talking about Carly? I was like, yeah, I need to meet that girl. We chatted to her for at least half an hour, still has no recollection of any of that part of that conversation. Um, it's just the kind of impression I make on a woman. Can't go back there. That day's gone. You know, Paul has this encounter over and over and over again. Galatians 4.20, how I wish I could be there with you now and change my tone because I'm perplexed about you. I can't be there. I can't be there because I'm in, I'm in a new season. Romans 1.11, 
for I long to see you that I might impart to you. Romans, he hasn't yet met the Roman church, but he is still writing to them. But he is aware that he, he can't be physically present with them. He is moving forward. 1 Thessalonians 2.17, But since we were torn away from you for a short time, out of an intense longing, we made every effort to see you. But guess what? It didn't happen. I wish I could go back to 2008 and be in Church of Celebration for the first time. I wish I could go back to 2003 and be in Macquarie Chapel Eastwood for the first time. I wish I could go back to 2014 and sit in this church for the first time and go, wow, I feel like I'm home for the first time. But we can't. And the challenge that we have is we can long for those moments but not realize that we have an opportunity to create that tomorrow. I can't go back to 2014, but guess what's just around the corner? 2023. And what if we created the same environment and the same opportunity for somebody else to have that experience that I had in 2014 when they walk into this room and now sit in a church facing this way and go, gosh, the worship is good. Gosh, I like hanging out with these people. We're going to a barbecue afterwards, okay? We're drinking beer at this barbecue afterwards, okay? Must be a liberal church. okay pastor's not ever invited to those ones and have someone work walk away from a sunday and go i feel refreshed and i feel rejuvenated one of the great (laughs) challenges to someone as we continue to walk in our faith with jesus is we have these flagpole moments in our life that we look back fondly with, that we wish we could go back to. And the great danger of that, of a life lived with Jesus, is we look back to the longings and we forget that we can create a space for the new belongings. We spend too much time this direction and forget that God is calling us forward. So what do we do with those flagpoles? Those defining moments in our history? What my guess is, those are the very moments that you wish this church could be. Right? I like having barbecues with Ben and Soph. (laughs) Just to quote, like if you're in crowd, you know who I'm talking about. They were previous members of this church. Gosh, they were a lot of fun. He's at North Lakes now. It's one heck of a journey to see him for a Sunday. But it doesn't mean that I can't be the Ben and Soph for the very next family that walks through that door. Do you think that you don't have the opportunity to be the next Paul and Renee for the person who walks through the door that you have affected and will continue to affect people's lives in really positive ways 
that when I spend time with David and, and Helen, that I realize you have a great history of supporting and mentoring and caring for people, but that hasn't stopped. That you still have opportunities each and every day to sow into people to make them feel like they belong. And in a season of transition, we can ache for the longing of what once was. But at some stage, we have to turn the corner and say, today is a new day where I will create a church for the next person so that they might experience the same belonging I had then. And this is the spirit of reconciliation. What does an ambassador do? An ambassador, Phil, you can correct me after the service, not publicly. (laughs) An ambassador is anointed by his country to go as a representative of that country to another country. As an ambassador, I carry the culture of my country, but I also have the ability to interact with the culture of the country I'm in. Am I a citizen of this nation? No, I'm a citizen of this nation. But I stand as a representative for all the good things going on in my nation and where there is challenges and awkwardness between my nation, allow me to help reconcile that in relationship because I am the emissary sent on behalf of my nation to live among your people, to understand your culture and your ways, but to bring my culture to you. You can correct me later, Phil. We do that for Christ, don't we? Which is the direction that an ambassador goes? An ambassador has to leave his country, doesn't he? You can't be an ambassador if you're always staying home. You have to step out into the other culture. You have to live as a representation of Christ. But the requirement for an ambassador is not to stay at home. It's to, to move forward, to go forward. The relationship is restored to God, but not to a historic moment, to a new tomorrow. And the great, great challenge and the thing... The thing that makes it hard in community is those longings, right? Who has old friends? (laughs) Old friends. Like I haven't seen you in 10 years and you get around a table with them and it's like no time has passed whatsoever. How good are those nights? Who's got some new friends? Who knows how exhausting it is to make those new friends? Right? Got to be honest. Got to be loving. I got to learn their faults and figure out if I'm willing to deal with them. There's no history. Right? New friends and new relationships 
require a supernatural energy. And the older we get, the less likely we want to make them. Because we're like, man, have you met my old friends? They are really good. But as a church, we have to have room in our lives to allow a new friend to find that place to belong. Which requires us, as a community, to make a sacrifice to say, I got room in my heart to sow into one more person or one more family. Can I tell you how far away the morning service is from health? Okay? This is how far we need to go to hit a corner where we go, man, this place is starting to feel like it's kicking again. It's three young families. If there are six 30 to 40-something adults sitting in the chairs right now, which means that there's like 12 kids in children's ministry. Everyone walk in and out on Sunday and go, we're going places. Look at this. We're kicking on. Here it is. Three young families. Now, the layers of frustration upon that are COVID and isolation and masks and what can we do, what can't we do, how do social things look. Right there, there are all the headaches. Who's our senior pastor? Where are we going? How are we doing that? What does that look like? Layers upon layers on top of that, okay? If you pull all of that away and you say, how do we get to a place of health? It's three young families. Now, someone is hearing that and saying, you don't care for old people. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that our church is a reflection of the demographic of the area and where we have the least amount of representation for the largest portion of the demographic of our area is young families. I 100% care for those who are, you know, slightly older than me. I do. And I want you to feel welcomed and connected and loved. And I want to feel like you can participate in all the areas and the ministries of our church. But if you're asking me the place where we need health, it's young families. Because if we grow that, then it makes it really easy when the next young family walks through that door and goes, oh, okay, hello. That is the difference maker. That is how close we are to making it healthy. Okay, the evening congregation, Jess has done some extraordinary things. We had... uh, 11 new people will along to the evening congregation, right? When that kicks off February 6th, it's great. Some of them are here. It's great, right? But we need the same thing. We get like six new bodies into that, boom. No one's asking any questions. We're cooking with gas. We're not as far away from the promised land <laughs> as you might think. But kids often say this on long car trips. Are we there yet? No. This doesn't look like where we're going. It isn't. But that's part of the journey, isn't it? We start in Sydney, then it looks boring for a whole long time, and then we hit movie world on the Gold Coast. But there's parts in that where you go, gosh, I'm sick of looking at this. I am so over this road and this scenery. When are we going to get there? I need to go to the toilet. I'm so sick and tired of this. 
But it's a different story, isn't it? When you hit Movie World on the Gold Coast and you're like, the kids are like, flip and pull the car up, we've got to jump out. We're close. We're tweed heads, man. Stay with me. (laughs) Stay with me. We're getting there. That can be hard to hear. The Israelites were like, let's go back to Egypt. This does not look like the promised land. You just have to stay with us. We'll get there as a team. It's one of the reasons, and you didn't hear it, but the transition team and I had an argument. Should I lead a small group? Well, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with my life. But it's like, man, I just got to cannonball in and do it, right? I'll make some spaces in my hearts so we can sow into the new young families that are going to come into our church so they can make it feel like a place that they belong, right? I got to be in. You got to be in. You got to be in, right? Are we there yet? No, stop asking. (laughs) We'll get there soon, I promise. I love you guys. But what Anne's saying, what Pam's saying, what Ian's saying, what the Jono is saying is we need you to be in now. We know where we're going, right? We want a vibrant church. We want a missional church. We want a church that appeals to young families. We're three young families away from getting there. Three young families. That evening congregation, six more people. You'd be pumped for Guzman and Gomez after church. Sorry, that happens in the evening. You guys don't get that. I guess you could. I'd happily have Guzman twice in a day. We had a new year. Started weird again. That's okay. Jesus is not going to stop doing his thing regardless of where he stands with COVID or potential world wars or whatever we're at, Omicron, Lambda, I guess is the next one. Who cares? We've got a vision, we've got a mission, we're going to be ambassadors and we're in the spirit of reconciliation and we're so close. Stay with us. Let's pray. Lord, I miss old Christian friends, but create in me a heart that's ready to reconcile, to ready to create new friends, to sow into new relationships, to see new hearts awaken to your love. Lord, and that we might run a race with an energy that is supernaturally provided by you, Holy Spirit, with compassion, with grace, with humility. Lord, that we might continue to sow in, remember the things that we long to be back doing, but constantly moving forward and creating new places to belong. Amen.